What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Football is back, and this is our kickoff show. We begin with college football storylines. Maddie D and I break down the major news that has broken throughout the past couple weeks regarding college football, the Alliance, Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, what the Big 12 does from here, and a lot of other stuff too. I know this is not the typical length that you may be used to. We're dipping our toes into the water as we prepare for week zero. We will be back next week with a much fuller preview of week one and all the Power 5 teams, or at least as much as we can cover. So you got to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Stay tuned later in the week for a baseball show. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun Retail Gate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed, our kickoff show, pregame, tailgate, whatever you want to call it, the first of many for the 2021 football season. We're talking college football today, major storylines, week zero, and of course, I had to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matty D, how are you, my friend? It's good to be talking football again. Uh, every year, you know, and, and this one, I got to tell you, this year, for some reason, it creeped up on me just a little bit more. I don't know why, but um, I am as, as sad as it'll be because we start to move into fall, which means summer's over and the golf's, you know, doesn't really slow down for the two of us, but, you know, we're coming no. out of golf season. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm doing great other than that, man. I mean, Ed, I'm ready. I'm ready to uh, get some fantasy football drafts in, turn on the Saturdays and Sundays will be hot oh, yeah. again. And um, interested for kind of an interesting year of college football, to be honest. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously kind of a, I don't want to say tumultuous, but a lot of news in the offseason, very storyline driven college football offseason, which we normally see a lot more with the NFL and not that there hasn't been in the pros, but college with a number of different things. We're going to talk about here a little bit of a shorter football episode for those that might see the runtime. Obviously we don't know what it is currently because we're recording it, but it's going to be shorter. We're just dipping the toes into the water next week with a more robust college preview specifically for week one, but with games this weekend, Maddie and I wanted to jump in. For those that have been listening for a while and know we sometimes would do college conference previews, we decided to try going this way. So let us know what you think about all of this. But we mentioned it. There's a lot of different storylines jumping out there. And you also mentioned, too, of football jumping back at us, which I kind of agree with. And I think it's partially because of how weird last year was on the college side of things where we didn't know when we were getting college for some conferences. The Big Ten didn't start until October. The SEC tried to push ahead. The ACC had all the canceled games and all that sort of stuff. So I think feel like 
that and I guess a shortened NFL preseason maybe are the two reasons why, but that's a good point because it's a similar feeling for me too. I I think you would think the reverse would have happened last year where we had the hockey and basketball playoffs throughout this month of August that kind of, you know, didn't really, yeah, when football got here, we, we weren't surprised by it and it didn't feel weird. It felt more weird still having the Stanley Cup playoffs on while, you know, we're watching the Eagles tie the, the, who they tie the Bengals, uh, you know, that weekend and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, this is gonna be a fun year. And I think you're right. A lot of, uh, familiar faces and a lot of unfamiliar faces, at least right now in the top 10, which is actually pretty exciting to see. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I agree. And, um, I can't believe you brought up the tie. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying it's to so, think of something, something so ridiculous from the Eagles 2020 it's, season. Uh, it's just so anti-football. Yeah. <laughs> like so many other sports, like for years, hockey, we lived with hockey and ties, obviously not anymore, but soccer and ties, right? Yeah. Like ties, it just, when it comes to football, it's just like, oh man, it just doesn't seem right. But I will say this, never any ties in college football. Well, it's funny you say that because we did just lose Bobby Bowden and they showed his record right after he passed away and he had ties because that's how long he coached. But the college overtime, which, you know, infamously so many traditional heads don't like because it's, you know, you know, you're putting them in scoring position is awesome. And it, I would love to, I don't, I actually, I would love to see in the NFL. I'll go there. It'd be fun to see, Uh, but like start him on the 50. Don't start him on the 20 yard line, but yeah, no ties in college football, and it's better because of that, I think. Because if you had ties, then there's the, I don't know, you, there's already a huge enough debate for the Final Four, and I feel like it would be out of this world if, like, Michigan and Ohio State tied in the last week, and now you're wondering, well, they tied, and Georgia lost, or Georgia beat Auburn <laughs> in the SEC Championship, but Alabama's already in, which wouldn't make any sense. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... I didn't know that. But I didn't know the Bobby Bowden thing. I guess I just totally missed that when I glanced over it. Well, I'm gonna you got me spinning here. Sure. You got me. Sp- no, I like it. I just you got me spinning here. G. It was really sad, by the way. Very um, sad. Yeah, his overall yeah, coaching I guess record. That's... He had a he had a tie in a bowl game. His overall coaching record: thirty three hundred seventy seven wins, one hundred twenty nine losses, four ties. Bowl okay. records: twenty one ten and one. Gotcha! Wow. Yeah. Which is wow. Like, uh, uh, yeah. He has one bowl vacated, and he has 12 wins vacated. I was trying to see what this yeah, little footnote that, was. and let's That see was what... the cheating thing, right, or something? I think so. I think it's pretty so. amazing. Yeah, I mean, and he really put, I mean, I mean, Florida State, you know, obviously a little bit of a lull right now for them. They lose uh, Jimbo Fisher. Um, all right, he was there, right? Yeah, yeah, he was there. He won the yeah. he won the national championship with Jameis. Right, really. Well, he yeah. really took over for Bowden and, and 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 did a great job in that transition. And then and then to lose him, they've really struggled recently. But they're still an all time program. Yeah. Um, God, I mean the big three: Miami, Florida, Florida State. Although I will say Miami is a little more flash in the pan than Florida and Florida State. Yeah. In terms of like longevity, obviously they had those great teams in the in the nineties. I mean, some of the most stacked football, college football, one of the best ever. Thirty thirties ever too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they're a little more, and it's not an insult to them. I don't want, but they're a little more flash in the pan. But anyway, it's a really tough loss for college football. He's an, like an all time great. And uh, yeah. So these things happen, though. Yeah. Uh, but Miami is ranked 14th. We can touch upon them quick. But 
Really, we're talking about the storylines, though. And Mm -hmm. we'll start with the biggest, the newest storyline from college football, the Alliance, which, working backwards, about a month ago, it was rumored and then announced that Texas and Oklahoma are going to leave the Big 12. They haven't officially announced when. A lot of people think it could be 2025 when the television deals end with the current CFP setup. It could be sooner if they have to give 18 months notice to the Big 12 for when they want to, which adds a whole layer that we'll get to the Big 12 of all that. But yesterday, the Pac-12, Big 10, and ACC all announced an alliance of 41 of their schools basically to have extra scheduling, extra, at least in a a football sense, because they announced it's going to be cross-sport, apparently academic relations, and we're really starting to see a serious change of landscape in terms of what college football and college sports could be becoming because the NCAA yielded away some of its power. Obviously NIL name image likeness came out this summer and we've seen athletes get endorsements all over the place, including Miami quarterback, Derek King being sponsored by the Florida Panthers, the hockey team. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I like that. It is pretty cool. What is your takeaway though? of the Alliance and everything here. And did I miss anything in explaining this? Well, I get it, right? They're scrambling because the SEC is gobbling up, has the ability to gobble up the biggest and best teams. So theoretically, right? Uh, Clemson could shift over, you know, that like I'm thinking of examples, you know, of teams that want to, would want to go to the SEC. And, you know, you'd say, well, the, the big 10 is safe, but, and I really don't think it'll happen, but SEC is moving, moving north. Like Missouri is not that – it's south, but it's – like you look at a map, Tennessee, th- th- those places are more north, right? Yeah. So they, they could – I mean, they, they look, they can make a phone call. Hey, Ohio State, Michigan, come play. I'm not saying Ohio State, Michigan would do that, but they – this is the problem. The reach is growing, right? I think Clemson has to be something that they probably made a call to. So I, I think these conferences have to come together. Um, and say, okay, like, what can we do to strengthen our positions? Because the SEC is just gobbling up money right now. And uh, remember, I think people have to remember, uh, we, we're talking about like Texas is not very good at football right now, but they're a massive revenue driver. They are, they literally have the, uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest athletic budgets. They bring in they have their own network. Um, they've, they really do have strong non-football sports. I know that's not a moneymaker necessarily, but it's, it's still a reputation. So bringing Texas and obviously Oklahoma who right now is, is as good as it gets in college football into the SEC, assuming that all goes through as planned. Um, it, it's all money. Like that's where the ADs, they don't, they don't care about how good their team is right now. Right. Missouri and Texas A&M and these schools didn't join the SEC because they were, they were, they thought they were going to win the title. They joined because they can make money. They can make more money in the SEC. And that's what's scary. So, you know, if Clemson, I don't, I mean, again, Clemson seems so ready to be poached into the SEC. So that's my, I mean, that's what I, when I look at it, um, Hey, Florida state, why don't you come, come over and join us? Miami, they can just keep adding teams if they want, they'll figure it out. So it's, it's, it's dangerous. And that's why they have to kind of put some handshake agreement together. Now, maybe put some games on the slate to drive that revenue because other ADs are going to look around and say, well, I can make so much more money if I go to the SEC. So it's so interesting. You mentioned, uh, Clemson and Florida State, too, because along with them, Louisville, and I'm mm-hmm. forgetting the fourth, 
Um, the Carolina, North Carolina. I don't know who you're, I don't know who you're referring to. So well, those three to... teams. Who's the last team they play every year? Who Louisville? Louisville, they, Clemson, Kentucky. It, and Kentucky is a member. They of? all play in it. They all they all, they all play, play in SEC, SEC school. school. I know in their last game of the right. of the season. So it's it, what's so fascinating about all of this is a. You're exactly right that what I've you know everybody's theorizing what what the hell is going to happen with all this sort of stuff of will they have an extra game where they say we're going to have an all you know you're going to rotate through Michigan you're in the Big Ten you're going to rotate through the ACC and that's going to be one of your games you have. You can go down from nine games now to eight. Your ninth conference obligation is a rotating cast of characters from the from the ACC that you're going to play. Your tenth conference obligation instead of conference game is going to be the rotating cast of characters in the Pac-12. And then you schedule here and here to do whatever. Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, and I'm forgetting who the fourth team is. It's going to fucking... Oh, Georgia Tech. That's who it is. They play Georgia. Oh, they um, play Georgia. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, they have that extra game. So if they have the same conference obligation, or even better yet, they're getting pressure from the SEC. It adds such an interesting wrinkle to whatever this could happen. And not even just yeah. with college football, but with college basketball. Because there's already the Big Ten ACC Challenge. The Pac-12, I think, plays the Big 12 in that. But... And we'll get to the Big 12 okay. in a minute and where they're at. But, like, what this could do with that, with the NCAA tournament there. And the big thing with this that we've really not mentioned, we mentioned it kind of when we were talking about the possibility of when Texas and Oklahoma might leave, is the college football playoff. There's the rumors of it expanding to 12 teams. How does this affect that? Does this create them as some sort of, we can we can tell you, ESPN, CFP, NCAA, how we want to have everything go here, like a fucking survivor alliance in the power shift that way. I mean, it's just crazy to think about with all of this different stuff because now you have these different ways to basically not have to pay all these ridiculous, you know, entry and exit fees from conferences because you could say we want to make a A tier, a B tier, a C tier from these three conferences and have the really good teams play each other so that strength of schedule's up there. Now, we, you know, tinfoil hat Jordy comes out, and I always talk about the Joker from the Dark Knight of you need me, you you complete me, you can't have a team, you know, you want the strength of schedule to stay up, so you don't want these teams to completely cannibalize each other. That's been the Pac-12's problem for however many years now. But something right. like that could happen where it's not completely out of the realm of possibility to kind of have some cannibalization, but it still be okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. I, and I, I think um, <laughs> I think you brought up a really good point. I want to make sure we circle back to when you talk about the Big 12 because they're not part of the alliance, right? Correct. So it, you make, they make it sound like everybody's all goody-goody, but in my mind, they can say what they can say. The, the other three conferences can say whatever they want. They're probably saying, who can we poach, right? Hey, Iowa State, why don't you come join us in, in the Big Ten? That's a great fit. Iowa, Iowa State is already Kansas. a rivalry, right? Just like you, Kansas, right? And they, they would add a powerhouse yeah. basketball program, right? So um, the big, and then, and then, you know, it becomes tough though, because do the Texas teams that remain, you know, would they be, you know, does Texas, would, would um, the Pac 12 want Texas Tech? I don't know. 
obviously these are big, these are schools that can drive revenue. So, so they'll find a home, but there's a lot of, um, you know, TCU. I mean, I mean, we were missing the yeah, big where one. they go? Do they Baylor, the current champs for basketball? Who, You're right. Who goes yep, where? Baylor. Where do they go? Mm-hmm. And who wants them? Because they're. I mean, they're like obviously they have a lot of shit with football and all the different stuff that happened with them there. But basketball, they're a hot commodity, and their their program is going to remain good for a while. Oh yeah, and, and I'll tell you the hard part here is nobody is going to leave the other conferences to go to the big 12. So they're not going to be able to poach a Nebraska. Who's not very good right now, but a Nebraska back, they're not going to be able to grab. They they can't get Colorado back. Right, right, right. Now they could, they could dip their toes in and they're not necessarily in that realm, but they could say, Hey, let's talk to Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati's got a great football program right now. You've got a high level basketball program. Hey, do you want to come join us? But is that enough to buoy them without those, they're quote unquote, they're big two flagship programs, uh, you know, and honestly, you can think about it in the history of the big 12, like Nebraska, I know they've been back and forth, probably was their third in terms of name recognition. They've since moved on. So I, I, I'm just talking football. I'm not disrespecting Kansas basketball here at all. And obviously I mentioned Baylor, but that's where they're going to have some problems is they, they, they just can't drive. It's going to be tough for them to grab a, an anchor school, another anchor school as soon as they're losing their big two. Yeah. yeah. And Circling back on Cincinnati with everything with them, with the Big 12, of the third team that's been floated out there, the AAC versus the Big 12 here is going to be a driving storyline. Like There's been rumors that the AAC is trying to poach Big 12 teams. Cincinnati seems like a layup of schools they want to steal. Same with UCF, the Big 12 does. The interesting thing with the AAC, the Big 12, we mentioned it, theirs is 18 months to exit. And that's not a solid number. UConn, for instance, I think it was two years, 24 months, and they negotiated it down for a year when they left to go to the Big East. So you can, there, you know, this number isn't set in stone. And that's part of what makes the Oklahoma and Texas exit so interesting is that it's technically 18 months. So if they want to enter yeah. in 2023, basically they have to do it by the end of December because it's July 1st is when they'd want to enter for a you know the 2023 season um, sure but so the AAC their number is 27 months which or no I just said it it's 20 it's uh yeah tw- it's either 20 or no it's 27 months um I'm just rambling all over here but <laughs> that's fine. what's so interesting is that it's an extra you know nine months on top of yeah. what the big 12s is. So to try to line that up to whenever Texas and Oklahoma decide they're leaving, they have to basically do what the big East did right before it completely collapsed and announced that we have Cincinnati, we have UCF, we have just for shits and giggles, say they poach Arizona and Arizona state, or they get Boise state or Colorado state or BYU or any crazy whatever they want to do, you know, they'd ha- almost have to announce that so that they can have the, the smaller buoys when the big buoys leave and try to yeah. make four quarters at a dollar. Almost. It's just crazy to think that they would have to do that sort of thing. And it's, it'll be really interesting to see where the big 12 goes from here. Cause I think having five conferences, I in the power five, that is, is something that college football in particular loves having and the fact that it drives stories that way and doesn't make just four conference champions automatic four bids into the college football playoff you know the unevenness adds a layer to it and and i it's just nuts to see what's going to end up happening 
I think the one thing I'm a little concerned about here, so it's like, think, okay, what, or, you know, where, how big can a conference get? So, like, you're gonna, you already have 14 teams in the SEC. This will put them at 16. And so, at some point, you only have so many games a year. Like, like there's, there is this, there is to me a constraint be, unless you're going to shed teams. Now, the, when you look at the SEC, who exactly do you shed? Um, I, I don't know how that would work from a legality standpoint. So I'm not, but like you're, you're Vanderbilt, but from a, from an academic standpoint, they have a great baseball team. They've been a long time SEC, you know, member like, so that's where you're going to struggle. I mean, you know, do you move on from some of these teams? I don't know if they can do that. Right. Um, so I, that's the other thing that's kind of weird here to me. I was going to say, let's, let's play. Where does each team go if the big 12 dissolves? But honestly, there's not a lot of room. The PAC 12 is pretty large. Um, the Big Ten is 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 bigger. You know, they, they don't fit necessarily in the ACC. Um, you know, so again, that's where this is going to get interesting. Is is like I don't know where they. they I feel like they have to add members. Um, and to your point, the only way to do it is to bring on some of those smaller schools. You know, you mentioned the Colorado State, Boise State. Although that's, Boise is a little far. I'm not even from Colorado. Anyway, this I was is just where throwing it gets out names. Yeah. No, 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 but I but I mean this is where this is where it's hard now. Like. You know, again, what the yes, how many quarters it eight? How many college football games do you have a year? Ten, eight, ten? What do I do? Why don't I know this? Twelve games. Twelve, twelve, twelve. Sorry, excuse me. Thirteenth is I mean, conference championship, and then college football player for fourteen. Right. 13. So, so if you have sixteen teams in the SEC, you'd play your divisions. That's seven games. Then you'd play cross division. Well, you don't do that. You have non conference. So, again, you're running out of spots to play. So how does that work? I mean, would you have the SEC where you don't play everybody in your con- – how, how can you not play every single team in your division? Because that's, exactly. that's how you just – so at some point you're going to hit a, a spot where they're going to have to make a change. I don't know what that is. I'm sure the SEC has a plan. They're pretty smart people. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, this is where it's interesting. But um, – and it, here's the hard part. It's 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 dog-eat-dog. So I'm sure other, other Big 12 teams are on the phone. Hey, Oklahoma State, right? ton of money going into that program maybe they maybe they make a decision to move all you know so that you could also see just and then who gets left behind yeah so that's where it gets uh that's where it gets tricky i'm, I'm with you it's uh it's kind of scary you know um yeah i guess uh, west theory, virginia is you know yeah what, what does west virginia do i mean that was when this all came out first and it seemed like the big 12 was about to implode it was west virginia's going to go to the acc oklahoma state's going to also go to the the sec so bedlam can stay and so on and so forth. And I guess the biggest it could probably realistically get is 20. If you had to really guess and you have a nine game division schedule and you just don't play the other half of your conference, it's basically two conferences linked together that all just share a similar name and eventually play a a championship game, which I guess is kind of the point of the Alliance. Although there's aside from the Rose bowl, there's no guaranteed, I guess kind of the orange bowl, or no, the Orange Bowl is, is just ACC, and it was Big East. Um, there's there's no guaranteed postseason champion of the Alliance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's At a certain point, you're exactly right. that This turns into, well, fuck it. We're just going to have, do we even <laughs> need the conference championships anymore? Because now, like, going back to what the Big 12 used to be with no conference championship game of, we're just going to have them get put into a playoff. Oh, wait, we have that. It's called the college football playoff. 
oh, now everybody's the SEC kind of thing. Right. Everybody's college right. football playoff conference and figure that out, which is, you know, the the I, I, bowl championship. Uh, yeah. I also am going to say this to me is the, a precursor to expanding the playoff because yeah. these big these big programs are going to say, hey, I'm playing other big programs. I have one or two losses, but I deserve a spot. And they're going to fight for that. So I think this is a precursor there as well. It's it's a huge deal. We haven't really seen, like in, in my sports lifetime, to me, like I ha- I don't have a ton of conference, major massive conference realignments that, that I have vividly remembered. Others have, right? Because we've been people, we've had programs move all over the place. For us, it's been, to your point, it's been those little ones, right? Yeah, they, it was, it was 05 here when the ACC really blew up and the right. Big East blew up and then the Big East imploding on itself for the two big ones and the start of yeah, the Yeah, I guess the big thing with, I think the big thing with the Big East for me is, I, I to me, because maybe it's because I'm a Villanova fan, it's always basketball related to me. I know it still exists, but like, it didn't affect me from a, I didn't, I, I wasn't as interested in the Big East imploding because I was more focused on Big East basketball than I was Big East football, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it was something of, of interest because of like that, the 05 movement was both sport related, right? Of the Big East was adding teams left and right and really got to the too big to fail territory of that. It was a basketball focused thing, like where they added a bunch of teams and then teams left them to go to the ACC, notably Miami and Florida state. Boston college was also thrown in there. And then the Big East kind of just grabbed a bunch of teams to get up to 16 and they had the giant basketball conference with kind of a meddling football conference. And then with the, the 2010 to 13 or really 14, cause that's when Maryland joined the big 10. And um, it just kind of became, you're right. These like small chess pieces moving with a, the big East effectively just becoming the American in football. And then Louisville going to the ACC after um, Lamar, uh, no, not Lamar. Jackson he was later um who was their really good quarterback when they first really came onto the it doesn't matter um Teddy Bridgewater yeah it was Teddy Bridgewater that's exactly what mm-hmm. it was um I forgot he went to Louisville thank you Matty mm-hmm. D best of college <laughs> where players went to college and for the next episode we uh get the real mind of Matty D with college players when you uh give right. us some some guys to look out for for the NFL but yeah to kind of wrap up on kind of storylines for all of this sort of stuff. I mean, we kind of talked about it with the SEC of they're adding in teams and, you know, we don't know when that's exactly going to happen and what the exact fallout of that is. So I guess if you are an SEC fan, are you excited about this? Are you kind of eh to it because you just don't really know when this is going to happen? Are you? Well, you're. I think you're excited. You're a dynasty. That's the way I look at it, right? The SEC is like is like a dynasty, right? Forget the individual teams. It's the powerhouse. You're adding solid basketball programs. So I think as an SEC fan right now, short term, you're like, yeah, this is great. Um, I guess long term, though, if you're Alabama, Georgia, you know, the big powers, Florida, um, LSU, are you nervous that Oklahoma's coming in with a, with a really good team? Uh, granted, I don't always think Oklahoma – I think they – I, I think I'm interested to see how they fare because they're no longer going to play big 12 defenses constantly. The SEC is a little different there, um, but they've shown they can put up points. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I um, I think yes. I think you're excited. It's it's a look at me moment. You know, we are able to poach the, the two strongest schools from Big Twelve like it was no problem. Like I walked in, walked in, kicked down the door, and moved on. Like pretty oh, impressive. Sweet. So from that standpoint, yeah, from that point, I think they're pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, by the way, LSU. no, go ahead. No, I yeah. was going to say you mentioned LSU, the first team to require a vaccine mandate, which I would really? not have you bet. I would of not all have the bet. Places. In the as much as I love LSU, I would not have bet anywhere close to an SEC school being the first one to do that. Would have yeah. thought it'd be a California thinking, school, right? Right, maybe or maybe an up north school, possibly. Yeah. Right, yeah, like no, BC, something like that. I think this. I do think this is good for. I think so. I think from a from a we'll talk about storylines. I think from and I know we're going to talk players specifically, but one of the storylines that I think is getting overshadowed in a good way. There's. I'm going to be honest this year. There are absolutely stars in college football, but not as many or, or maybe not as well known as previous years. Yeah, that's a good. So, point. I, you know, I, you know, like, for example, right now, who would you say is the most popular? Who's the biggest college football star right now? Um, I And I can help you here, but. But I, I, yeah, I, give me a hint. Right. So that's the problem. Because last year, last year. Last year, you would have said like almost what right away, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. Justin Fields, the, the Alabama wide receivers, right? You go right after it. This year, you know, probably the the the, the biggest name, maybe uh, Spencer Rattler yeah, from Oklahoma. I literally just it off here last year. Heisman odds to give you a name. JT right. Daniels, I guess, or Derek King are like the two that kind of are returning names. Sure, that have it, but yeah. Well, you have you have like Sam Howell, who's out in UNC, is a great quarterback. Derek Stingley is the great. Uh, cornerback in LSU you've got I don't I think his last name's Thibodeau he's the number one overall recruit up for Oregon but again for whatever reason there was a huge turnover of stars the last two to three years in college football oh Bo and Nix now we is still in, in college in wow good for him who, who is Bo who Nix. is Auburn quarterback oh yeah down in Auburn yeah, yeah. absolutely so there's some, I mean there's some guys that are definitely going to show up on the map this year as there always are but for whatever reason right the number one team you know, number, the teams are all the same at the top, right? Alabama, Clemson, um, you know, they both have new quarterbacks, highly ranked, but new quarterbacks. Um, so I think that that's an interesting portion, and we'll get into this in more depth when we talk next time, but an overshadowed storyline that's that's helping college football because without this realignment, college football would be taking a really big backseat right now, in my mind, to the NFL. So yeah. realignment's kind of keeping it on the map. And a lot of that is because of guys like Trevor Lawrence, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, and current right. Philadelphia Eagle um, right and because they <laughs> all the they, quarterbacks right yeah all the quarterbacks and they're all except for potential and we'll get into it when we talk about the NFL but there's there's quarterback controversies there's a couple that have already been named starters uh, and there was movement in quarterbacks in general in the NFL so yeah mm-hmm. the NFL I think right. having the shorter preseason has certainly I think that helped the NFL a lot and I think it hurt college football because it wasn't really as dog daisy, we're just getting we're kind of yada yadaing the the NFL offseason to get to to get to it, so college football doesn't get the the simmering pot, which it normally gets because of things like week zero, which is what we're going to end on. Maddie, we get some conference matchups. We get a Big Ten game to kick things off. Nebraska Illinois, which you mentioned it, Nebraska trying to fight, trying to become. Super relevant again, and Scott Frost has not totally done that for them. Uh, you get UConn playing their first game in nearly two years. 
They were the New York Times 2021 or 2020 national champions. Uh, you get UCLA playing Hawaii, and uh, you got a couple other games out there too with some teams we don't really need to dive into. One team's an F- FCS team. Uh, Maddie, what are you excited for this weekend? Are you going to watch? What are you thinking? Uh, I want to be nice. I mean, probably won't watch. Just yeah. going to be honest. I know that sounds horrible. Um, I hope that I don't have any interest. I just, uh, I don't know. I'll be at a wedding so- Saturday. Um, so no, I guess, I guess I probably won't, uh, won't tune in. Um, yeah. So I thought about this and you know, I remember two years ago when we explicitly called it week zero, everybody was going nuts and being like, and similarly, two years ago, I was at a wedding, did not watch any of the games. It also ended up getting completely overshadowed because it was the same day that Andrew Luck decided to retire from the NFL. Um, so week zero <laughs> completely got shadowed there. But that wasn't even the first week zero. Remember we used to have games in Ireland and Australia where normally Hawaii would go out there. Because yeah. Hawaii, for people that don't know, Hawaii gets an extra game because they have to travel everywhere. So they normally play this week anyway. And they'd like go intercontinental to go do that kind of stuff. Um, so it's not even that new. It's just the fact that we've given it a label has made it so much more of a big deal. But yeah, like you, I'll probably keep an eye out on it. I might throw, you know, an over bet on some game, maybe the Hawaii game, just because, you know, you think Hawaii, you think of Colt Brendan and all the points out there. Um, but who knows, you know, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I have the golf championship this weekend, so... I'll be uh, out there, hopefully still playing. If I'm watching college football, it means I lost, which I'll be sad. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be fun. But anything else before we wrap this thing up, Maddie? I know it's a short one, but we wanted to dip our toes in, keep the people wanting more. But any last thoughts? <laughs> um, uh, you know, the best storyline about college football, to me, I, I, I love fall in love with players all the time, but what I really fall in love with is like the pageantry, the, 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 the atmosphere at the stadiums game day, mm-hmm. that's going to come back strong and people are going to remember why they watch. Right. Cause we watch. I mean, I watched to see the crowds at either death Valley, you know, um, who Lee Corso is going to pick. So, uh, you know, that's the best storyline every year of college football. And so that's what I'm really excited for. Um, and obviously, <laughs> you know, we'll talk, but obviously got to start scouting out draft picks Eagles have a ton of picks in the first round, so I'll be even more interested than normal to see where we're going. But um, that that'll be cool too. So, um, you know, I'm ready though, ready, and uh, I won't I won't share any draft information just yet. Uh, but there's some there's some there's some damn good prospects out there for whatever your team needs. I'll be oh, excited yeah. to to dive into all that stuff with us as we move along this year too. But it's great to be back for a football podcast and. Uh, uh, for the 2021 season, man. Oh yeah, it's exciting. I am. Uh, I'm just pumped. We get a full season of these storylines of getting to see players completely. You know, get a full season and not pull the Trey Lance of. You know, you only play one game to <laughs> yeah, turn yourself exactly. up and that kind yep. of stuff. You know, I know the Delta variant. <laughs> obviously, everybody be safe, all that good stuff. But hopefully, more schools follow the LSU route. But that'll do it, Maddie. Thank you as always. I am pumped that we are back for this. Stay tuned this week as I'm going to drop a baseball podcast at some point, probably over lunch tomorrow. Do that. So look out for that on you're listening to this on Thursday. So look out for that on Friday. And then next week, Maddie and I will be back to preview week one, the first full slate of college football, along with anything else that might be on the docket. Who knows what's happening 
with the Eagles, if they learn how to tackle, and anything else that may pop up, new quarterback news, all that sort of stuff. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, ThunderBLG on Twitter, the bullpen cart, wherever you get your podcasts. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great week, everybody, and football's back. Let's go.